This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and it's been a little bit of a while once again. I know I've been necessarily not as consistent with the podcast of late. You may recall in an episode, I believe two weeks ago, I mentioned that you'd be getting an Air Canada uh, trip report podcast, if you will, or my experience with Air Canada, and that has not come out. There'll be updates on the future of the podcast and why these episodes have indeed been delayed a little bit later. Just to begin with, thank you very much for the support on this podcast. It's greatly appreciated. I'm hoping you're enjoying the content I am providing to you. If you do enjoy, a review would be very much appreciated, whether that be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And if this is your first time listening, or maybe you are a returning listener and weren't aware, you can subscribe to the DJ's Aviation Podcast feed, if you will, on any platform, to my knowledge. That's just by dropping a follow on Spotify or a subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts, and then that way you'll be notified when an episode does go live. Otherwise, just keep on the lookout for my social media, that being Twitter and also the YouTube community posts, where I will announce when a new episode does go live. Now, right off the bat, life has been very hectic and busy. I've been feeling incredibly run down, tired almost constantly, and definitely taking its toll. It's been a busy year. Um, I've been off to America, I've been off to Canada, and it's all been non-stop, and work has been non-stop too, and uh, days off, I guess you could say, have come few and far between, and the days have been very long as well. Uh, let's just get right into, though, the first topic of today's podcast, which is a general update. In about a week from the time this podcast is going live, I'll be going in for surgery to get my four wisdom teeth extracted. So I'll be going under general anesthetic, and that does mean that I will be having a little bit of a recovery period where I'll be a bit out of it, to say the least. I'm not really that nervous for the operation itself. It's more the recovery I'm probably not looking forward to, the discomfort, the following all the procedures I need to do of taking medications and and everything that comes with having your wisdom teeth extracted. I'm sure many people listening to this podcast today have probably been through something similar or have most likely been to the dentist and have been told that they will need them out eventually while my time has indeed come. And fun fact, it's only actually because one of them is coming in the wrong way. The rest of them are completely fine and wouldn't need to come out. Um, but yeah, it's just getting them all out. So... Yes, that's going to definitely put a hindrance on videos, and that's where I now lead to with the experience on Air Canada. That's been delayed because that podcast will be going out on the weekend after my surgery, because obviously I will not be able to probably record a podcast or not be up to recording a 35-minute podcast for you all. Uh, That just basically means that I will have it coming out on that weekend 
most likely the weekend after the 21st of April, and that will coincide directly with the trip report being released on YouTube, if, if that makes sense. Um, excited to, to release that for you all. The flight review has already been fully edited. I've just got to record the podcast, and I really, really enjoy making flight reviews, and um, especially the editing and then the narration over the top of it. Not that many people watch them, but... They're probably some of the most, the proudest videos that I am of myself, and I really, really like the end result, and I love how when I'm at the airport, I document everything in my head, and I, I, I film a clip and then think to myself, I know that I'm going to say this at this exact point, and therefore I need to record this clip, and, and so forth. So that's just an update regarding that. You should have the experience on Air Canada and the flight review going out live on YouTube and the podcast platforms, streaming platforms, pardon me, in two weeks' time. Regarding some flights, I did recently book some flights. I think I've already mentioned the Air Canada ones, but what I did not mention is I booked some flights for the first ever time with Singapore Airlines. Uh, In October, I will be flying from Newark to Singapore on board the A350 in premium economy on the world's longest flight. Uh, I'm very, very excited to try that out. I have flown the A350 before, and personally, I prefer flying on the 350 to the 787. That's just my honest uh, opinion. I know some people might prefer the other, but I found the A350 to be more comfortable and uh, more of a pleasure to fly on, whereas the 787 hasn't been as nice. So I'm definitely excited to give the 350 a go. It's in premium economy. However, what I did opt for is the more expensive seat selection. I will be more towards the rear of the cabin, not right at the back, but in the last couple of rows, and therefore I will have a single seat. So if you're unaware, I believe it's 222, and uh, the uh, the back couple of rows, pardon me, are 121, so I'm going to be on one of those single seats. That means I get a storage compartment and my own seat, and no one's going to be next to me for the 19-hour journey, which does mean that for the making of a trip report, it's definitely going to be beneficial for me because I won't have someone next to me and I can do a proper review. I can get out of the seat whenever I want and I'm really, really thoroughly excited to do a review on that aircraft. Naturally, I'm not from Singapore. I do need to get back down to Melbourne and I've opted to go with Singapore Airlines on board their A380. Again, this will be my second flight on Singapore Airlines and uh, my first time trying out their 380 product. I will be in premium economy once again, uh, just in front of the engine, and I'm thoroughly excited to try that out as well. Uh, can't beat flying on a 380, 380, pardon me, which I have done before. However, that was with Qantas, so I'm excited to get back on my first A380 for the first time since, I believe, hmm... Probably would have to be 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019 was the last time I flew on an A380. And naturally, several of them have been retired with airlines over the pandemic. So it's a little bit harder to maybe get on board, if you will. But I'm very happy to be trying that out. And those flights are in October. I've not worked out my flights to Newark just yet. But there's a couple of exciting things planned, like a special flight, potentially, um, that I'm teeing up with a aviation company. Uh, recent podcasts, there's been quite a few number of interviews and I'm getting more set up of those eventually. I've been really enjoying doing them and expanding my skills because naturally I sit here and waffle for 35 minutes about what's been going on or uh, a travel experience or something like that. But to be able to apply some skills into interviewing, naturally I want to go into media and communication. So it's great to sort of build up a a nice little collection of interviews and develop my skills because while you hear these... um. These interviews, pardon me, 
just as an audio, they are usually done on a Google Meet or Zoom, so therefore they are, you know, video recordings. I don't put out the video recordings, though. They're more of a relaxed environment, um, as in I'm just in my bedroom in, like, a hoodie type of thing. But uh, it's great to sort of develop my skills, and then I put it out for you. And the reception's been really good. A lot of you have actually been enjoying learning more, um, and obviously a lot of the questions, well, some interviews, a lot of the questions were from the community, and on other occasions they were from me. But yeah, so I'm definitely going to be trying to get more of those done. I don't have five trillion connections, so I do my best to try and get an interview. But at the end of the day, I sort of have to wait for someone to reach out to me. That's just how it goes. Uh, But obviously, any opportunity that comes my way, I will definitely pounce on it. And if there's anyone that is listening to this and wants to, I don't know, jump on the podcast for a bit of an interview, you can contact me through my email, which is contactdjsaviation at gmail.com. Now, what's next? Uh, This is not more of a story podcast. I just wanted to sort of take a look at some of the recent developments within the industry, that being with Qantas and Condor. But I thought I'd begin right off the bat with Qantas, my arch nemesis, and an airline that they've just lost the plot. I mean, absolutely lost the plot. From especially upper management, I think the pandemic certainly exposed how out of touch they are. They were always out of touch, but... It's definitely gotten really, really bad, even to the point where the Qantas CEO recently blamed uh, customers uh, for the reasoning of why there were so many queues, why the airports were not great. And he said, oh, because everyone's flying, it's a it's a perfect storm type of thing. And I just find that absolutely ridiculous. Um, and again, it's this thing of constantly blaming the pandemic for every little issue. I recently threw, uh, flew through Sydney and the reality is they don't have enough staff for half the half these things that need to be done. There's not enough staff working at the airport. And that is because Qantas laid off so many employees during this pandemic and now they're screwed. Now they can't keep up with anything. The staff are overworked. And I've had a few discussions with a lot of people uh, in the community and we've all come to the general consensus that Qantas is an 11 out of 10 airline without upper management, with a different upper management and a different business practice and a methodology to go about things. That'd be 11 out of 10 and would really regain the title of one of the world's best. But I don't think in their current state you can call them one of the world's best airlines. I'd never have a problem with the service on board a Qantas aircraft, and I'm very vocal about that. I always have lovely flights with Qantas. Their cabin crew are more than accommodating. For the most part, the staff in the airport are superb. But the realistic thing is, is especially since the pandemic, there's not enough staff doing able to work and get through the jobs. The queues are horrendous. That is because their systems are crumbling. And then somehow the three employees need to be able to deal with a thousand people. It doesn't work. It's a recipe for disaster. But for upper management to therefore blame the customers is ridiculous. You all know full well my experiences with Qantas, 40 plus hours on hold with them, just trying to sort the most basic thing out. And see, that was definitely problems with trying to get through to someone. But if anything, it was the incompetence. Now, they blamed that they were still training people and therefore new people that were training may not know what to do. Now, I can understand if people are not totally aware of what to do, but I was calling head office, you know, respected and high up people in head office to try and help me. And they had no clue. And they were still stuffing basic things up, like issuing me a ticket with an airline that they've never been allowed to issue. Let that sort of sink in. Someone in head office that's meant to know all these things is meant to be the highest of the high in customer service, issuing me a ticket that I'm not even, they're not even allowed to issue because it doesn't work. So 
you know, I definitely understand the training aspect, but I just think it, it's been a very, very bad couple of years for Qantas. Um, a lot of PR spins and the CEO is probably one of the most out-of-touch CEOs. And I'm not afraid to say that. There are a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, in this industry that are too scared to say certain things because they're scared of the, I, I really don't care. Um, I'll say it how it is. And the Qantas upper management is a disgrace. And look, if you want to know the full situation, because naturally I can't read you the 5,000 articles, just type in Qantas in Twitter, type in Qantas uh, on Google, have a read through some of the articles uh, because it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, and obviously we recently had Alan Joyce. He retracted, pardon me, the criticism, criticism put on passengers who are experiencing longer delays to clear security. He said, basically, because of the lockdowns, the customers are not match fit to be able to go through an airport. Therefore, they've forgotten how to go through security. Hmm. Are you hearing that? His customers are not match fit because of a pandemic. I don't know if that's entirely the situation. I think that there's just so many issues left, right and center with the airline. And obviously, the airline doesn't even handle security. So, I don't know what the hell he's personally on about. Um, but... It's, it's pretty bad, to say the least. Uh, they also released a statement, finally. Well, it was a useless statement, but it was released on the 7th of April, and it's a statement on call wait times. I'll just read the statement out to you, and then we can sort of get into a bit of discussion about it. The recent call wait times that our customers have been experiencing are not acceptable. We sincerely apologize to customers who have had to spend so long to speak to someone, and we thank them for their patience. No airline's contact centers were designed to be able to manage the record number of calls and complexity of the queries for COVID-era travel, particularly when international travel is involved. Our call volume has increased from an average of 7,500 to 14,000 calls on average, uh, with it taking 50% longer to resolve than pre-pandemic, given the complexity of some itineraries across more than one airline, where routes are reoperating and flights are restarting at different times. This is being driven by a combination of factors. The flexibility we've provided customers during the pandemic to defer bookings has meant that as normal travel resumes, large numbers of people are waiting, are wanting, pardon me, to use these bookings that are up to two years old. We also see large spikes in calls every time there is a change to travel conditions somewhere in the world, such as the announcement that New Zealand was opening up three months earlier than expected. Uh, the call centre... Uh, the only part of a business that grew during the pandemic. We're, we've already added hundreds of staff to our call centers, and each month we are recruiting and training more people. By June this year, we'll have increased staffing by 200% within 12 months, and it takes six weeks to train new call center agents. We've invested in technology to enable customers to manage their bookings and use flight credits via the website or app. While we understand that many people often want to talk to another person to resolve issues, about 60% of calls we receive could be resolved online. So, well... <laughs> that is not true. That's got to be the most amount of crap I've heard. If they had a working site, then half the, uh, they, their site doesn't work. Half this stuff they're saying doesn't work because when you go onto it, it's like, oh, we can't process it. Call someone. So many times I had a flight voucher and I never got it. I never got my flight voucher. Had you given me my flight voucher correctly, maybe I could have gone onto it. But you know what's funny? When I went in to manage my booking and there was the even the option for the... um rearranging of flights it said it's not available there's so many issues anyway they're going to say we're providing resources including a series of how-to videos because that's going to be helpful given the volume and the increased complexity customer queries it will take some time for call wait times to normalize by working every day what a what a stock standard statement full of pr full of i'm sure this took 
uh, two days to write purely because they had to make sure everything was written to a T where they can't be dissected. But look, it's it's a joke. I mean, when you have upper management blaming customers, you have incompetent people working even in the senior parts of customer service. It's really concerning. I The amount of issues, I'm not the only person. And I have, at the end of the day, I don't have necessarily the biggest gripe with... Um, waiting on a call for two hours to speak to someone. It's annoying, but I feel like it happens enough with any company that I totally understand it. The problem is, is that no one can do their job in the customer service. It doesn't matter whether they're apparently newly trained or they're experienced. None of them can do their job. They, they can't do it. Do you know what I mean? I've already told you in previous podcasts the amount of crap they messed up. Accidentally deleting legs of my flights, booking me on tickets that were not even there, trying to charge me $700 more to go on a different flight, which was their own fault. There's just so many issues that just aren't being solved. They claim they are, but they're not. I was told this exact same thing months ago. Do you know what I mean? This statement I was told months ago, nothing's changed, the problems are still persisting, the claim that they're hiring people, I just, I don't understand it. Uh, And maybe that's me being naive, but at the end of the day, you're Qantas, you aren't um, the new airline Bonza coming to the Australian aviation scene, you're Qantas, you're the spirit of Australia, and if you don't know how to rebook someone onto a flight in less than 15 hours i have serious concerns do you know what i mean serious concerns either way i could rant for hours about it about the ceo's comments about blaming passengers like you have to be kidding me sydney airport has been an absolute meltdown and i will get onto my experience at sydney airport because trust me it was a complete mess all i will say though is it is an absolute nightmare at this airline and i'm really really happy that people are starting to open their eyes and realize that the spirit of Australia is not really the spirit of Australia anymore. They're a joke. They're a complete and utter joke. Uh, there's a reason I'm trying to fly Singapore Airlines. There's a reason I'm flying Air Canada because I won't. I just won't in any sense I can. And unfortunately, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's fine domestically, but internationally, I'm just not going to fly them. I will take any other possible alternative than give them my money because it's a complete waste. And I would definitely encourage you to do the absolute same if you value any sort of customer experience or if you value having your money's worth because trust me you will not get your money's worth with that airline now that's enough said on Qantas let's move on to the next topic you're listening to the DJ's aviation podcast stay tuned as we depart into another topic Condor's brand new livery. It's turned heads and I have some thoughts on it as well. You've probably seen it. If not, just type into Google Condor new livery and as you're listening to this and you'll be shocked. <laughs> Trust me, you'll be very, very shocked. Um, it's it's stripes. It's, yeah, it's vacation stripes on their aircraft and they're all different colours and my God, it's out there. That was the first thing I noticed. It's so um, in your face. It's so different. It's... Uh, it's not something I would have expected them to do if they were going to uh, revolutionize their livery. It's probably the complete opposite direction I think they would have headed. Um, and honestly, I applaud them for going, and I've, I've always said this, I applaud them for doing something different. 
because you know how many times we're stuck with the Euro whites, the the white body, and then the small thing on the tail. They've done something really out there and really different. Uh, in a statement, the CEO said, Condor has undergone a transformation over the past two and a half years from a subsidiary of a vertically integrated travel group to an independent airline that looks back proudly on its history and tradition, while at the same time embarking on the path to the future. We want to express this unmistakably through our corporate identity. Condor is vacation and Condor is unmistakable, like our new design with which we are now launching into the future. Our new trademark are stripes. Our figurative mark stands for our origin and the colours for diversity. The triad is new. What remains is our passion. It has always made Condor unique and is therefore also reflected in our claim. Passion is our compass. My honest thoughts? I don't like it. I genuinely don't like it, and I feel like that's wrong. And I've been griping with this for the past week. I think it's been out now. Yeah, probably about a week. And I have been every day thinking about it and trying to find ways to like it, and I can't. And um, I feel wrong for that. Do you know what I mean? I feel wrong that I'm disliking this because I'm someone that doesn't like Euro White, and I think there's not many people out there that do like it. I thought the first couple of liveries that were revealed were not too bad that followed that. But then when every airline was doing the same thing, it became tiresome. So when you have uh, Condor revealing something totally different, the expectation is that, well, it's not Euro White, you should like it. But I don't like it. I think it's too much. Do you know what I mean? And then people could argue you're being too picky. Well, no, because I... A lot of people didn't like the Cathay Pacific redesign or the American Airlines redesign. And personally, I like those from day one. So there have been airline livery and branding rebrands. Pardon me. How would you say that? There have been livery and overall brand refreshes from airlines within the industry that I have really liked. And um, this, I just can't wrap my head around. I just, I don't like it. Um, Someone best described it on Twitter and... It's taken the charm out of the aircraft's key characteristics and features completely away, as in an A330neo definitely has distinctive features that make it what it is, but with this livery, you're completely ridding that of the beauty of the aircraft. Yes, this livery stands out, and yes, it's definitely done incredibly well in terms of publicity, which is is great for Condor, and is something I'm going to continue to applaud them on, but as from a standpoint of enjoyment, it's not enjoyable to look at. It honestly hurts my eyes. Look, I haven't seen it in person, and maybe that would change in person, so I will hold my hand up and say it could change if I saw it in person, but I've seen videos, I've seen pictures, and this past week, I just keep looking at it over and over again in my spare time. And um, I, I just can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't bring my head around to find a way to like it. Uh, but honestly, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because there's a lot of people that do genuinely like it and it's and it's gone down very well. And I'm so happy for that because even though I don't like it, it doesn't mean someone else can't like it. So it's great to see that the, a lot of people have reacted positively because at the end of the day, it is something different. It's just probably not the something different that I quite like. Um, I feel like the Condor titles go missing. Uh, you know that it's, as as an aviation enthusiast, I know that it's Condor, but if I saw that plane and had no idea, I would, I would not know it's Condor. Not everyone's an aviation enthusiast. It stands out, and maybe you would look up on Google like what it is, but there's no way of knowing that that's Condor. It's not a British Airways. It doesn't have those... Even, you know, I I didn't really like the Iceland Air rebrand, and I'd argue I've maybe come around to it a little bit, but it's got such bold titles that it's so easy to be able to know that that's Iceland Air. 
I haven't got a clue if I like you wouldn't have a clue if you saw this. The titles are completely screwed. Um, the logo on the tail is so small that it just doesn't it doesn't look good. But hey, that's just my opinion on the matter. And uh, maybe it will change in two years, but I don't think so. The past week I've been toing and throwing of how I don't like it. Uh, but yeah, that's going to conclude today's podcast. As I said, in two weeks, you'll be getting the my experience on Air Canada. As for next week, I'm not too sure what I do, I'll do. Maybe I'll talk about plane spotting at Los Angeles. We shall see what comes around. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Thank you very much for the support on the podcasts. Do be sure to drop it a review or a follow wherever you are listening. And uh, until next week, do take care and I will see you then. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.